Welcome to On The Verge. This podcast will highlight interviews from entrepreneurs, musicians, and professional golfers. It will center around what tools they have used to help them reach their dreams, how they use golf to further their career, whether it be for escape from the rigors of their profession or to build more business, and how the communitas of wine, music, and golf enrich their lives. This is all about the enjoyment of life, rising above the struggles, and stretching past the best to be better every day. On The Verge. On The Verge is presented by Cure, cannabis used for research and education. The medical industry is steadfastly looking to help millions of patients that suffer from injuries related to repetitive motion, sports, trauma, and many other orthopedic injuries, as well as skin disorders, mental disorders, cancer, and osteoporosis, to name only a few of the other underlying conditions that billions suffer from each day. On average in this country, we have 10,000 people turning 65 every day. With the cost of pharmaceutical medicines increasing, patients deserve natural alternatives that are not only more cost-effective, but also safer for them and society. Cure is focused on providing natural alternatives to aid with current or previous medical conditions. Cure does this by providing a therapeutic properties of natural cannabinoid formulations for multiple uses, whether internally or externally. Ask your physical therapist or your primary care physician if cannabinoids are right for you. Or check out their website at www.curemich.com. Cure. Cannabis used for research and education. Welcome to On The Verge. Today's special guest is making his second run. Very close friend of mine and the sponsor of On The Verge. John Meredith from Cure Michigan. John, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing great, Virgil. Thanks for having me back. My pleasure. Well, one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you is you uh, you went all Karnak on us last time, and you said that the the medical world is in in a rough spot, but it it will definitely be exposed if there happens to be a pandemic. Fast forward literally five months. Actually, a year. Well, no, <laughs> no yeah, five months after I did the show. Just five months sure. after you did the show, we have a pandemic. And it has been a literal dumpster fire <sighs> for the world, not just the United States. Mm. But you have personal knowledge of why it would be a challenge. And to kind of get us up to speed on where we are today and how we got to this probably crisis tipping point, to be honest oh, with you. Yeah. Talk to us about what you knew about the difficulties of, of the pandemic again to help people remember. And then what do you see coming down the the immediate pipeline as it let's say the next six months as it pertains to possible vaccinations, cures, et cetera, et cetera, that you keep hearing talked about in the uh, on the news anyway? Sure. Uh, I can tell you this, that <laughs> I'm not laughing because of the pandemic. I'm laughing because of... It brought back the same memory of laughing when I saw horrific things in the operating room. All I could do was laugh, or otherwise I don't know if I would be sitting here with you sane. Mm-hmm. Because the things I saw were just as horrific as been going on in the pandemic. And I paused for a second because for me, there was one thing I said a year ago that really stands out. and. We drove this time down from Michigan uh, yesterday for the listeners to hear. 
instead of flying. Mm -hmm. So we listen to the broadcast. Uh, I have a few of my members here mm -hmm. uh, from the company and listen to the broadcast that we did last year in mm -hmm. the same month. And one thing that stood out was the judgment in medicine. I left it because it started to judge. So the biggest thing that right now is obviously we're in election year and mm -hmm. uh, we hear both sides going this and that. <laughs> With that being said, I, again, medicine's not supposed to judge and, and here we are, we're not getting better and you hear one side go, I have all the answers and you say to the other side, uh, well, I'm working on the answers. So we have to do a better job and for the listeners out there, it doesn't matter what you are and uh, I would like to tell the listeners, please remember your rights that it's no one's business who you're voting for. And if you have something on your front lawn right now, depicting on who you're going to vote for, please take it off. There's too many men and women that lost their lives so that you don't get discriminated by someone coming through your neighborhood of what your beliefs are. So that's very personal, first of all. And in health, we're at a pandemic, so both sides, again, for me, I'm excited because at least both sides are talking about what I talked about a year ago is that we're in bad shape health-wise and we spend more than any other country in the world. And I didn't expect this to be the first question, but I expected <coughs> us addressing this. And I'm going to spend some time on it because it does bother me. Mm -hmm. um, because this is exactly why I left medicine. Because no one should be burying a loved one because the medical world didn't tell you the truth. Let's get into that. Mm -hmm. Let's get into, don't have your feelings hurt in the medical offices. Let the physicians tell you exactly what's wrong with you or your loved ones. For example, I'll let the listeners know, I'm about 50 pounds overweight from where I would like to be. If I went to a doctor, my doctor, that's a cardiologist, I would expect him to tell me what's wrong with me and not lie to me. And the best thing for me right now would be to lose 40 to 50 pounds off my frame. I hold it very well. I've always been an athlete, but it would be nice for me, okay? A lot of people right now in this world and country would be offended by that. And that's why we're where we are. Because the doctors need to be more honest and they need to be the people that aren't afraid to have their feelings hurt and have someone yell and scream at you. I have to remind everyone and the listener out there that diabetes is preventable as long as you're not born with it. And yet we don't do a very good job in this country on educating people that do have diabetes. So you can imagine what we're not doing for the people that could be high risk for having diabetes. Sure. And all these things besides comorbidities that we talked about last year and what we're at right now, we hear our politicians talk about the science, and I know the science people that are talking about it. And yet we're at an, an age where we have so much medical knowledge by what we've had to revert back to with schools and, and everything. And that's called the internet. That's called modern technology, our smart devices. And yet we spend more time as a country on Facebook and Twitter following a president instead of during a pandemic of 
man, what's the first thing I should Google to make sure I'm going to be healthy? I mean, we have people in this country every day doing that, Virgil, and around the world. Mm -hmm. They're more interested in what someone else thinks than going ahead and reading about how to take care of themselves. And I know that there's going to be listeners that are listening right now that are upset and they don't like to hear this. I, I don't like to hear it either. I, I don't want to be told I'm fat either. And I'm saying that word, fat. I am. I'm fat. On a BMI, a body mass index, I'm definitely not where I need to be. And that creates a, a pulmonary issue with a pulmonary virus. So how could I complain if someone's running two miles right now and keeping themselves healthy and not eating red meats and all the things that I do, why would I complain if they were on a vent or got a vent before me if I got sick? They're doing everything right. And we live in a country where I'm looking how like it's almost like doing the wrong thing, you get rewarded. Especially with health right now. Mm -hmm. it's not, that's not the way it needs to be. And I'm not saying that someone's wrong for being out of shape or not healthy that was someone else's fault from taking money from them and not giving them the truth i mean we just talked about that before we got online um about a painter uh coming if he if you paid them and they didn't i used this last year about electricians if you didn't have the painter complete your your project or you asked them to put red paint on and they showed up with green paint would you be satisfied no the answer is no well what's this what's going on in medicine right now we're asking the medical professionals to lie to us on a daily basis and they're obliging because they understand psychology and they want to make money Last year, when I was here, obviously, we talked about cannabis. We mm -hmm. talked about CBD, cannabidiols. I'm 46 years old, almost, in January. I grew up in a small little town in Michigan and graduated with only 69 people there. It was a very close-minded community, to say <laughs> the least. Mm -hmm. If I would have said cannabis or weed back then in that town the sheriff who i knew and my friends dads were dnr officers which are above state police officers and there was a state police post there they would have locked us up just for saying it so let's skip forward now so many years later in 2020 if you would have told me back then in 1993 that's when i graduated that I couldn't bury a loved one and have a funeral during a pandemic. First of all, if you would have told me a pandemic would have shut everything down over a virus, I would have laughed at you. Hmm. Because the flu is a virus. Yeah. I would have said, well, we would just go to school and keep going. I, I don't know what to do. I would have laughed at that. But what I would have really laughed at <clears throat> is what I do right now. And I'm, I'm beating myself up. I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, I make a living off this, but I'm beating myself up. That we couldn't bury a loved one during this pandemic. We can't send our kids to school right now. It looks like it's about like that for you down here in Tennessee, too. I saw that today. Yeah, that the private schools are, 
are in. But the public schools, public schools are not. We have the same problem. Mm-hmm. And my partners that are surgeons were told that they couldn't do elective surgeries. If you would have told me that, and yet I could have legally, in the state of Michigan, with our licenses now that we have for THC, for mm-hmm. marijuana, on both a medical and rec side, if you would have told me that we couldn't have done the funeral and all the other things, the schools and my doctor's not doing knee surgeries and stents and hurts and that, mm-hmm. but I could sell marijuana or weed, I would have told you, yeah, right, never in my lifetime, you're nuts. Yeah. And yet I just lived through that. When we started in Michigan um, during this pandemic, that um, you know we were extremely low in weekly sales to where we are now. And we didn't have the licenses that we did. So I'm saying this not because I'm trying to be unhumble about CBD and THC. But I'm trying to answer the question as truthfully as I can and the best I can and tie it into what I said last year Uh and what our company does. Our state, both Democrats and Republicans, believe that this medically needed to stay open. So both sides think there's something to this neuro drug that I talked about last year. When you asked me, I don't understand how the brain heals itself, and I went into it. Mm-hmm. They obviously believe something in this, or they wouldn't allow us to do what we did over the last eight months. Correct. And I'm not here to take away anyone's point of view. I, I welcome someone... Not liking it, I welcome someone liking it, what we're doing as a company. All I'm trying to look at is 2 plus 2 equals 4 and take the emotion out, which is supposed to be in medicine. The reason that we're here is because we put emotion in medicine for so many years, too long. Interesting. And the reason that I'm here as a company, and I've done over 8 months as a company, we've grown so much, when everyone else has failed... Unfortunately, I hate seeing this. I mean, we want to give back. I mean, the state of Michigan is taking 40% of our month, our weekly sales for our rec market for marijuana and our medical. 40% they get. It explains a lot why we have a lot of surplus money because it's now almost bigger than our craft beer market a year there. And I know in 2017 that was worth $10 billion in the state of Michigan, our wow. beer industry. So with that being said, if we just think about that, 40% of that is a good chunk. It's actually what our deficit was, $2.2 billion they were talking about. Sort of ironic, right? Mm-hmm. All I can say is to the listener is that please go on your smart devices and take your own health into your hands right now if you have that opportunity. What I mean is that if you're healthy right now, you're not seeing a physician for some kind of ailment, mm-hmm. take it upon yourself to go on and learn what we should be eating. For example, I told you last year we did cranial maxillofacial. I did for 10 years. It's a joke to me that when people say that they want to eat red meat, we're in a town right now where you have a large, arguably it started because of the livestock. Mm-hmm. Cattle have the same teeth we do. They don't have eye teeth and sharp teeth. Do they eat red meat? 
No, they can't. They have grinding teeth, same as us. We're ignoring science. One of the biggest causes of cardiovascular disease is red meat and smoking. I'm not making. I'm not trying to scare your listeners. I'm telling them what fact is: two plus two equals four. Uh-huh. Don't be mad at me, please. Don't don't look into it. I'm trying to say that we have science to prove that we're not supposed to eat red meat. I know that. Huh. I don't want to hurt. I don't think that eating red meat in moderation is going to hurt you. I'm not trying to beat up on an industry. Please know that. Yeah. I think that the industry is, we need, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that when we indulge ourselves too much in anything, our health is a consequence. And we have to learn how to moderate this stuff. Or what I said 10 months ago, or a year ago, if modern medicine could be used as warfare, and if a pandemic happens, and we both laughed. (laughs) And we're sitting here now. It ain't so funny. It destroyed the world. Yeah. Our health that we could have arguably been taking care of ourselves destroyed ourselves because of our lifestyles. We use Tiger Woods, for example, of him getting back on the opiates. Mm-hmm. What do I think could help 100 million people a day walking around with opiate issues? We talked about it. Mental health. We're talking about it, right? Having the discussion that we're having today. That's why I wanted to come back down. Yep. We are not answering or asking the right questions. And we talked about that last year with the game that we play. And it's killing us on a daily basis. So where do I see it going? I see us as humans waking up and taking advantage of what we've always had since the beginning of time, our brain not wasting it Mm -hmm. and us doing more I have talked in the last eight months with people that never had a clue about medicine and the conversations I've had are as good if not better than the ones I've had with doctors of people from every walks of life that aren't doctors what I said last year is we're getting better sometimes in any teaching, you have to go really bad before you can get good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say what happened. What's happened is so disturbing. Not one person alive right now should have to endure it, right? Correct. Unfortunately, we have, and we've already gotten better from it. We're doing things from every walks of life better. Yeah. People are getting healthier. People are asking more questions. I said about you break your leg and you don't ask only one person. You go to the operating room last year. People are starting to ask two or three doctors their opinion to see if they all match what they... Again, we're, we're, we're growing with this, right? When we talked about science, when it came back, um, for the listeners to know, when everything somewhat in the summer came back and things were lifting up in that, we had an influx again of where everyone in the media said about our ventilators. Well, for the listener out there, if you have open-heart surgery, you're going to be on a vent. If you have neurosurgery, a craniotomy, you're going to be on a vent for a couple of days. All these patients I know in Michigan that were told they couldn't have 
elective surgery. And remember, open heart surgery is sometimes elective. It's not like you're always rushed right up there. Brain surgery is most of the time elective. You're not rushed right up to the operating room. Is that right? Well, we like you not to eat for 12 hours before we put you there. Oh, got it. I'm just saying. Got it. That makes, okay, now I I mean, if it's not a life or death situation, we're not going to take you up to the operating room. We want to do all kinds of workups. We want to know, we want to have, say we want to do a craniotomy. We want to have cardiovascular to come in to see if we can kill you for four hours if you're going to wake back up, for example. Mm. Oh, there you go. We want to do the workup on the car before we take it racing every time. If we have that opportunity. Now, obviously, we don't with some motor vehicle accidents or GSWs, gunshot wounds, or Mm -hmm. different traumas, right? We have to go right to the operating room. But most of the time, these aren't life or death situations. And we saw that over this pandemic where people were waiting for heart surgeries and they couldn't go in in Michigan. They literally could not go in if they were elective. So where are we going? Where is it going to go? It's going to allow us to have our biggest and brightest at your school here, Mm -hmm. at Vanderbilt, at our other Ivy League schools, go back into medicine and science and come up with some really cool stuff. Because science hasn't been able to challenge them because those minds aren't looking for money. Yeah. They're looking to be challenged on a daily basis. And as I said last year, what has really challenged medicine in the last 40 years besides this? What, what, like, other than failed attempts at diabetes and <laughs> heart attacks and, and, you know, stuff like that. And look how, many, look how many of our brightest and, and best Ford Motor Company, GM, went back just like in World War II and started making ventilators. They made PPEs, these manufacturers. We challenged our biggest and brightest, even in engineering, Mm -hmm. from this. So there's a lot of buzz back in science that it's cool again. And remember, I'm telling your listener as I'm bringing back uh, my personal views on this pandemic, terrible. I know what our, that remember our, loved ones that may be past or with us that lived through other pandemics like polio and scarlet fever and all this that told us about it and the wars and that oh my god i'm not old enough to live through world war ii and the great depression i have an understanding now of what they went through and think about it they did it for 10 years yeah 20 years we're complaining after eight months so i'm only saying to the listener I think that personally it's the most horrific thing I've ever experienced in my life and I hate it. And I don't use the word hate very often because I understand what it means. Mm -hmm. With that being said, this is why I dedicated leaving. I hope it makes sense to the listener why I left and why I'm interested in a neuro drug that can help us get healthy. Not about this is help. I don't want the listener to think I'm talking about this helping a virus. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what helps us help ourselves against viruses, being healthy, first of all. We all know that this is flu season again, and I'm not rating this to flu Mm -hmm. because I don't know enough about COVID to say that it's enough to be the flu. But what I am saying is that it's just like any other flu season. 
we get ourselves in shape. We, you should at least. You, you don't sit on the couch and do nothing, and you don't start drinking more, and you don't smoke more, and you don't sit at home from work, and you don't. Everything that we don't do for pulmonary viruses is what we've been doing for the last eight months. But people are starting to see that opposite. What do I mean by that? Well, this is a pulmonary function, right? If we know that, that's why we're putting patients on vents. So if we have a patient that has a pulmonary problem right now, why aren't we giving them a free pulmonary pump or breathing machine like we do after open heart surgery? It costs about a dollar to manufacture and sell. I'm saying that's what it costs to sell, not manufacture. These are the little ones that you see with three little balls. If anyone's ever had an open heart patient or a loved one in cardiothoracic, mm -hmm. and it's a little machine that they have to put up, and they hold it in their hand, the little tube, and try to get the three balls to come up. Oh. Why wouldn't we do that for every pulmonary patient that we have in the system right now? We have modern health care. That's why we wanted it. We're tracking these. If we want socialized medicine, well, that's what socialized medicine is. Let's now do a database recall and pull up Virgil and John Meredith. They're pulmonary patients. They've had pulmonary comorbidities in the past, right? Pre-existing conditions. Let's send them a breathing pump while they sit on the couch so they can do that five times a day, 20 times a day just like exercising their legs. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you examples that we should be doing um, while we have this and the knowledge that we have. We knew that this would attack certain people. It's all coming out. Yeah. So where are we going to go with it? We're going to do what we always did. We're going to find a shortcut <laughs> <laughs> to mask the band. I mean, to mask the problem. We're yeah. going to have a Band-Aid for... For the problem. Yeah. Do you sense that that's what this vaccine, so to speak. It's the Band-Aid. It's going to be more about taking away what the, the, the virus causes in your body, <laughs> not stopping the virus from happening. Uh, <clears throat> vaccinations, first of all, from a scientific standpoint, are the best thing in the world. Bundling vaccinations are the worst thing in the world. That's what caused a lot of problems. Mm, interesting. And when I say bundling vaccinations, and I'll answer your <clears throat> question. Bundling vaccinations, we have to use mercury. And the reason we have to use mercury is that mercury keeps it separated. Ah, right? Ah, yeah. Because if they mix, it's just like going out on the golf course and taking all of your nutrients or someone that has really pretty flowers. Or we went to... The, I guess it's not called the Grand Old Opry Hotel anymore, but... Opryland. Yeah, Grand Old Opryland Hotel. I mean, when those horticulturists are mixing nutrients up, they're not just making all their nutrients at once. They're pouring it in water, stirring it, pouring in the next one. Well, that's why we use mercury, so that they don't bind together when we use those and, and bundle those. And if we don't have to use the mercury in there, obviously, it's not causing neural problems when we shoot mercury into people sure so vaccinations are amazing now i don't know if we need all the vaccinations we do now for different things again i was forced into taking vaccinations to go and do my job on a daily basis 
and I didn't want to get the flu shot. I'm, I'm being honest now yeah. with your your, and I talked many times with anesthesiologists like, oh my God, I'm going to get sick this year. I don't want to do that. Well, you're. No, you do. I mean, the, the, we're putting a vaccination into you for your body to fight. Of course, some patients could see side effects. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to tell you that because then some people might not get it, right? That, well, I'm not going to get it this year. Okay. The flu vaccination, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to turn into pneumonia. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen from there? 80,000 people die from pneumonia. I mean, a year 80,000 die prior to this a year in this country from pneumonia. Okay. That's what's going to happen. So we have an endpoint, we know. With that being said, those years that I didn't want to take a flu shot, I looked at the science and thought, okay, even though I'm I have a comorbidity, I'm overweight, my age, where I'm at, my, how I'm working out, I didn't want to take that and put that in my body because I wanted to save it for an instance like this. Because when the COVID was released in this country, the day after, I went and got a flu shot. I wanted to use it as my backup plan, right? I don't know if it was a virus that would the flu strain would help or not, but that's why I wanted not to get a vaccination so I wasn't immune to what we have an epidemic now with that no one's talking about, of why we can't cure this. We have an epidemic to what? What is it, Virgil? Tell me. I've been talking all this time. What do we have an epidemic to that we don't talk about? Antibiotics. Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that. And about yeah. 10 years ago, you couldn't <clears throat> even go to a dentist if you had mitral valve prolapse without having antibiotic before you had your teeth cleaned. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I hope I just got the listener's attention. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know I just got your attention you after a did. long day. Yeah, absolutely. Because wow. you were drifting off on me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to take everything in because no, it's, it's so overwhelming. No, it, it, that's it what I'm saying. It's so overwhelming. With that being said, <clears throat> think about the overutilization we had of antibiotics just 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. We can look at it in cardiovascular medicine. Any of your listeners out there that are cardiologists, interventional, or thoracic surgeons, and any of your folks out there that are GP dentists, that was protocol 10 years ago. If you had mitral valve prolapse, you were given antibiotic by the dentist a week before you came in to have your teeth clean. And we sterilized everyone. Huh. My daughter, we just talked about that. Ironically, this is near and dear to my heart. My last daughter, my fourth daughter, who ironically is a twin, had an extremely rare, as we've talked about, Excuse me. I need to take a drink. Yeah, absolutely. Cancer. And uh, I won't go into all of it. When she was three and a half years old, ironically, we took her to Cincinnati Children's, who is above MD Anderson, above CHOPS, and above Boston for pediatric oncology. And this was an orphan cancer. It happens one out of every 285,000 kids. All wow. Right? It's called LCH, Langenhammer cell histocytosis. And we don't know if it's a cancer or if it's not. It's a white blood cell that just munches things away and attacks the whole systems. At MD Anderson, from the doctor who's older than dirt now, he's going to retire, mm -hmm. his standard of care that a lot go out that if they're not 
looking at this as a year of chemotherapy, a year of steroids, and a year of antibiotics to make sure that they don't get anything while their body's going through that. But at Cincinnati, through their, they, they've seen if it's a monocyte for the skeletal, that if you let it sit, the body might just heal itself and it will go away. And that's what we did with my daughter, and it did. Not that I'm saying that we didn't want... I, again, I wanted the chemotherapy as playing Monopoly, a get-out-of-jail-free. Yeah. Because you see 50% within two years go out of remission and get it back. And wouldn't it be nice that if she healed herself, and if it did come back, they have almost with where hers was in the skeletal spot yeah. or in the system... They have an 85 to 90% recovery with chemotherapy. Well, why not use that as my get-out-of-jail-free card if I can? Same thing with vaccinations, right? If we're sterilizing everyone, then washing your hands and not being able to fight off any bacteria or viruses, what are we doing? We're allowing these companies the ability to make drugs that we have to take <clears throat> and just doing more and more synthetic things <clears throat> that we didn't need prior to that, that our body doesn't want. Yeah. So true. And all for the money. Sometimes not, right? I just, I mean, I would like to think that it's not all for the money. I think a lot of times it is. Um, over the last year, I've, I, I sort of feel like Michael Jordan when he did the 30 for 30 with the yeah, The Detroit. last dance. Um, prior to that, when he was, um, that was great. And oh. we'll talk, I loved that um, because I was in Chicago, as we talked about sure. during that time. With that being said, it was the bad boys, as I talked about last year. And when he said, sometimes you just have to let things go. You can't hate forever, right? So last year when I talked about where I was, I was at that point in medicine where I just hated it so much because it, the money that was coming in, the, the gobs of money and, and no one's looking at it. With that being said, I, I, right now, sure, there's a lot of money with that, but I don't think that throwing more money at it and taking money out of it is going to fix it. And if we have people that are historians out there, there was a time that the railway, close and near to Nashville and the Vanderbilt family, mm -hmm. <clears throat> seems like the Vanderbilts and Scots were the ones that owned the railways at one time. Yeah. It was near and dear to Mr. Henry Ford that he couldn't get parts from Detroit, Michigan to Chicago in less than a week on Mr. Vanderbilt's and Mr. Scott's railways. And they asked him at the time to put $2 billion, and it wasn't their railways at the time. It had been sold, obviously. Yeah. And Mr. Ford was going to put that money in. And then he looked at it, and he said, well, if I put $2 billion in, am I going to fix the problem or just make it worse? That's a challenge for your listeners to work. We've just been throwing money at something for a lot of years now with no results. Yeah, no kidding. Well said. So we're, like, to me, that's this is so deep and so important for people to hear. I mean, I just can't even get over it. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm a, I'm a, I know I'm the interviewer, but I'm also a listener because I'm. this is so unbelievable to me. It's so powerful. Not unbelievable. It's believable. But it's hard to believe that we got to this point. 
and that's the, I don't want to call it arrogancy of the United States, but I mean, at the end of the day, we've done things like this for so long that now it's well, kind I of mean, caught us. Well, we... And is this is this is kind of like modern a, times Caliglia? I mean, he he took down a. We talked about that last year too. I mean, Rome was the most powerful. And I'm not trying to be mean to the listener. I'm just being truthful. What did Caliglia stand for? Money, sex, and drugs. Boy, <laughs> the United States seems a lot like Caliglia's <laughs> land right now. Yeah, I'm just asking people to get out their history books. I mean, Caliglia had a a boat, arguably, that was the size of downtown Nashville that he sailed on the Mediterranean with and did some very vile things on it. Yeah. So where are we at right now? We're at a point where we have psychology, what we talked about last year. I mean, this all pertains to your your profession mm-hmm. in the, the biggest way. I mean, golf is as we talked about last year, it's such a mental game. Oh, yep. that's why everyone wants to do it. Yeah. Professional athletes from other, uh, other sports. Yeah. I mean, I looked at some of the people you've had on your show. I mean, the, the, these were the best of the best. I mean, some of them won Heisman trophies and, yeah. and, and then Super Bowls, And then you have all these folks that are at the top of their game in music writing and, and business and that, and they want they can't they can't stop being in golf because of the mental part of it, right? It just keeps you coming back because yeah. you can't beat it. That's right. Uh, no matter who you are, and and I use that in I I loved when I went to Asia a year ago, and you see video games over there as their sport, and the reason that it is is because if you have no money, or if you're a billionaire's kid. That game box and TV is equal. You're equal. Very true. And then the best athlete or the best person's going to win. There's no no offense. This is a beautiful golf academy. There's a lot of kids in this country and world that would love to have this opportunity. I was one of them. I was hitting golf balls like Lee Trevino on a a golf landing strip that up to my knees with you know 100 golf balls from the local thing don't lose them and having dnr planes kicking me off every day (laughs) when they want to fly by and i get in trouble i would have loved to have this opportunity as a kid Mm -hmm. maybe i wouldn't i don't know maybe things would have changed with that being said that's why everyone loves the game of golf because it's mental doesn't matter your social status doesn't matter anything if you can't put together what's in between your ears for those 18 holes or nine holes smoked right so just maybe in this day and age where all this has happened maybe we get to that mental side and we start looking at it from what happened this is definitely going to challenge a lot of people, Virgil. Yeah. And I'm going to let your listeners know I, I'm an alcoholic. You saw me drink a lot. It's my kryptonite. I haven't drank. I have not been a practicing alcoholic since 2008. I just showed you some pictures mm-hmm. of the last time I drank, which I 
ran a, a car in trees at 90 miles an hour. Through my recovery that first year, I can't tell you how many people said to me, that must have been the worst thing that ever happened to you. And my response was no. Besides my child, which I had one at the time, and my wife, it's been the best thing. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. I'd yeah. be dead. So I hope that the listener takes this, and, and obviously this is going to hurt more of your listeners than others because some of us have lost loved ones and some haven't during this. Yeah. And the ones that have, this is definitely us even talking about it. Um, I don't even know if they would be able to listen this far into it. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I haven't lost a loved one during this, and I, I can tell you that as a patient of with a daughter. We just talked about that. So if you made it this far into it, we should look at it like most of the folks that have a religious background in this country. It doesn't matter, Christian, Muslim, Jewish. Whatever. I've just named a couple of big ones, right? This is one of those miracles that no one wants to see, but it was an, an awakening for us. And if we don't get it right, and we don't take notice to it, then it will be lost and it will be for nothing. Yeah. But I hope it's not for nothing. Yeah, I think that you, you hit on something that's super duper important to me, which is way too many people are relying on somebody else to tell them what to do. And for all of the great things about this phone mm -hmm. and all that it has that makes it great. Mm -hmm. The one thing that makes it not great, people are addicted to big time, big time. Yeah. But with the same click of a, putting your finger on a app, you can do a different kind of investigation and figure it out for yourself. And that's what's not happening. And that's the wake up call of people. And I'm going yeah. to tell you that I'm probably partly in that mode. I don't necessarily go into the investigation of what we're doing, what we're talking about here to be told what to do, but I'm definitely guilty of also not going on the other side of it and trying to investigate for my own self, what I should be doing. Right. Um, I could maybe because I feel like I'm pretty healthy, um, maybe 10 pounds overweight and I'm, 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 I'm active all day long. So, but, yeah. but it, that doesn't mean that I don't have things that I could do better. But I do believe that you hit on something that was a it was even more, it was waking up for me. It was like the actual problem, and we're watching it like firsthand every damn day. Yeah, is people are waiting for somebody else. Please, to tell please, and I, I please, Doctor Ben Carson came from Detroit, Michigan. I want everyone to think about him as a surgeon. He was the first neurosurgeon to disjoin Siamese twins in this country at the head. He was a black man that came from inner city Detroit from a single mother who had a prayer meeting to President Obama when he was there, talked about. And he said, why don't we, and why was it illegal to educate slaves? Because if you educate someone, you liberate someone. Education equals liberation. And yet you have a device of encyclopedias in your hand 
And yet, growing up, I watched my elders read the paper every day. And we are taking that device that has the information we need to save our life and spending five hours worried about where our friend's going on vacation or what the president's tweeting Mm -hmm. or what Nancy Pelosi's tweeting about your own health and you could get your own answer. I find that to be what we call conditioning in psychology. Yeah, without a doubt. Asking the wrong questions. Yeah, to me, of all the things that I've learned from you, it's this particular topic. Obviously, there's plenty of things that I've been, but it all leads back right back to yeah. this particular thing, which is you are the master of understanding the questions to ask and the questions to answer. Talk to us about asking the right questions. We just had a gentleman in here, and I'm not going to mention his name because that would be unfair. Mm -hmm. I hope he listens to this podcast. He's a very educated man. I know that. He's actually, ironically, from my home state. Mm -hmm. That's how we became talking because I noticed something that he had on. Mm -hmm. Why would you ever tell someone else by broadcasting something about yourself, being a bumper sticker? You're asking me how I ask the right questions. I don't need to because everyone else has already done it for me. If I'm a, a violent person in this country... And you cut me off, or I have psychological problems, and we're coming home from work, and you cut me off, suburban mom, with your minivan, and the bumper sticker says, my child's a superstar honor roll student at such and such, at this school. Yeah, Ensworth, yeah. I might know where to come and find you every day. We've been conditioned to ask the wrong questions as children. I'll prove it to you. This year, my vice president of the company, uh, Jeremy, talked about how Christmas might not happen because of COVID. Mm -hmm. In years past, we've taught children how to ask the wrong question because we tell them to shut up. Mom, is there, and Dad, is there really a Santa? Of course there is. We lie to them. The only people that we're supposed to trust the most lie to us every year on the 24th. Then take us to church that night, if we're Christian, and tell us the Ten Commandments, one of which is, Thou shalt not lie. not asking anything that anyone shouldn't just asking the right questions all the time instead of taking shortcuts yeah terry collins was on here i enjoyed his interview about joe joe paterno sure about why sidewalks were made and if he caught one of his athletes walking on the grass he'd ream him a new one because why would you take shortcuts 
Seems like a lot of people that ask the wrong questions take shortcuts. And they like to lie. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. I, I wish it wasn't. Yeah. But it's the truth. When, so what, like when you think about the questions, like, the, like you, have a, you have standard questions you like to ask people before they sure. come to work for you. Sure, sure. Talk to me about how you came upon the psychology of the three questions that you ask, because they absolutely tell you everything mm -hmm. that you want and need to know yeah. about the person that you're potentially yeah. bringing into your organization. Well, so let's just get the white elephant out of the room. Last year, I talked about the three questions of pick a state. If I'm playing that game with you as an employer, I just watched Moneyball, so it's on Netflix for free. Mm -hmm. Please, any of your listeners, please go and listen, watch that. It's free if you have Netflix. Superb. All in. When you're at this level, everyone wants to give you suggestions and be you, right? At the beginning of it, one of the old scouts looks and says, guys... Billy answers to no one but management, the owner, Scott, and God himself. We're just here for suggestions, right? So when I'm asking those questions, I'm interviewing you. And everyone should do this. Because when you play that question game with someone, you're taking them out on the golf course to see if they're cheating. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say some things to you. Let me f answer that one first. Yeah. If I'm asking you that, so go ahead. Let's play that game now for the listener out there. I'm going to pick Michigan, okay? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm from. I'm going to tell the listener what the doggone state is before we start. I'm telling you, though. And now I'm going to say how I start that. I start it by going, and you can listen back. You can tell them. And I say, then you ask them, what state? Ask me, go ahead, what state am I thinking of? If if they what state are you thinking of? Oh, yeah. Right. Virgil, mm -hmm. now you just ask me. I'll hire you every day because you listen to me. But if I ask you for three times to ask me what state I'm thinking of and you won't, I'm not going to hire you because you won't even listen to me. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? If I take you on the golf course and we're playing for money and I catch you kicking the golf ball, I'll never do business with you. Because if you're willing to cheat yourself, then you're going to cheat me. Yeah. Every day of the week. And then I take you to an adult club. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I'm sorry for the listener listening out here. Yeah. This is psychology. You ask me why I'm a good... If you're a man or woman and you're, you're bragging about how good you are with who you love, right? And now we're in a day and age where it doesn't have to be the opposite sex. So That's if right. you're... If you're bragging about who you want to marry and love and how you're a player, and I take you to one of those clubs and I sit you next to someone that's job is to be a player and you clam up, I ain't going to do business with you. You lied to me. Mm -hmm. Now, if you say that you respect the opposite of that lover, mm -hmm. wherever it is, or that person you want to be with, and I take you there and you treat them like... A whore? Mm -hmm. I am not going to do business with you. You lied with me again. Yeah. Again, we talked about that, right? Someone that throws something 
or anyone under the bus when they're wrong cannot be trusted. If you can't admit that you're wrong, then you're an endangerment not only to yourself, but society. Yeah. And we seem to have a lot of people from every walks of life that does something wrong and then blame something or someone else. Let's take a classic rear ending. Just a tap. Mm-hmm. The person that does it every time. Oh boy, yeah. Dude, you just hit someone. You're wrong. 100% of the time. <laughs> You're wrong. Even if someone rear-ended you, you're supposed to stay back far enough that, you know, you're wrong. That's how we wrote the laws. I don't agree with that. But when Phil Mickelson kept putting his golf ball in a U.S. Open for a two-stroke penalty instead of five strokes that would have taken him maybe to get in, he was using the laws to his advantage. I didn't write him. Just following him. So... If someone won't even do that, I don't have to ask any more questions. Yeah, that's they a, that's a danger that. to your business. It's a danger to themselves. And danger, yeah, a danger it's to cancer. themselves first. Right. They're always going to make the wrong decision yeah. for themselves. Yeah. And then they're the same person that says, I don't understand why I can't get ahead. I can't understand why I can't have anything. And they can be very successful and they're still having that mind thought. Yeah. Which challenges me. Like, Really? I love people that say they can't. It makes me look good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So true. Well, another thing that I wanted to ask you about is this this CBD THC world has been growing and growing and growing probably since heavily since 2010. Uh, And now we're heading into, you know, this is a this was a big year for Cure Michigan, mm-hmm. and the growth that you've you built in your your company, Oof. what you wanted to do. Yeah. What do you know for sure now that you didn't know for sure a year ago when we discussed <laughs> the uh, the business model and the ideas of way past just recreation, the absolute total. Mm the total package of this industry and yeah. the power that it actually has in the, the medical world, the neuro world, et cetera, et cetera. What have you learned in the last year that's so profound that's got you so excited to be doing what you're doing? Um, that both Democrat and Republicans don't say anything about it. They just keep passing more laws on it. So it must mean that something's right. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just answer that for the listener. We're in a crucial year my wife is a teacher back in michigan there is what they call the mea there which is the michigan educators association the director of that is putting out messages about how those teachers should vote one way and then on another facebook posting talking about how most of the teachers in Michigan are women. And just 100 years ago, we had the 19th Amendment, which gave my wife the ability to vote instead of me and our household. Or I would have been able to vote for both of us. Uh-huh. And yet it seems like to me that they're taking away the rights of all those teachers that are women. And I have four daughters. To the point where I go by their office, and they only have a certain party on their their lawn. 
So what am I most excited about in a, a year where we've seen individuals burning down our beautiful cities and taking down monuments that mean something? It doesn't matter what side it was. It, it meant something. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to me, Virgil? The sides that are fighting the most on TV right now, for me, are asking me to work harder and never have said one thing to me. So that's what I've seen in the last year. I said it. Like, we can't bury people in Michigan, but we have been told to work harder for both rec and medical marijuana, not CBD, mm-hmm. THC, which just five years ago in Michigan was a 30 year offense for having a joint, a cigarette, right? Yeah. Depending on who you were. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, let's not get that wrong. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was, you know, this. I say that to people. When I was a kid, and when you were a kid, I mean, when my mom was a kid, that was she was, you know, she's gone now, but she was born in 1949. She was down south here marching. She had pictures of it with Dr. Martin Luther King on bridges, where some people, you know, they went into politics, and that this isn't, this is nothing new. That's why I said, I mean, we're just throwing money at something and it's not getting any better. We're, True. We, we lost Dr. Arguably one of the most brilliant minds ever, Dr. Martin Luther King. That brings me back to Dr. Ben Carson. Please, for your listener, please, if you don't think that we're seriously gone right now and they've taken education away from us, use your smart devices. Google an exit exam from the 1800s for a sixth grader. Most doctors and attorneys in this country couldn't pass it right now. That's powerful. Okay. We've only dumbed it down, and that's why we're last almost in the world. So what am I most excited about? I'm so excited that both sides are pushing science. The medical marijuana industry in every state that has been in, and it will be federally legal one day, Mm -hmm. has brought industry back. I don't care if you're for it or not. Don't use it if you don't like it. Just don't use it. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to be against it. Sure. That way you're not supporting the red meat industry. Just don't eat red meat, and then you're not supporting it. You don't need to go out there and wave crazy stuff around. Just don't eat it. Yeah. Then you're you're boycotting it. But let people that want to eat it, eat it. Okay. With that being said, it's industry. It's not just that. How about if I tell you this? How about if I just looked at an IPO, an annual report, for a company that just went public? They're across the nation. They're in Michigan right behind us. In their IPO, they had $1.9 million revenue last year and $72 million of debt on their annual report. And they couldn't stop their IPO going when they just went on the NASDAQ. There's something powerful for any one of your good business people here that I know that you have a lot of billionaires or millionaires here. Would you invest in a company with a debt-to-equity ratio like that, that just is launching IPOs? No. It's like 38 to 1. (laughs) (laughs) They raised within the first week $72 million from IPOs. Who would ever do that? That was an indoor cultivation. That's why they needed it. See, they're trying to recreate Mother Nature indoors. And to build these facilities, it cost $80 million. 
Now, for all your listeners out there that have anything to do with politics, especially local politics, can you imagine the bond on that building permit alone? Good Lord, no. Wow. Right. Right. Can you imagine the fee for that building if you only have 5% that went to the local municipality on $80 million? And that's usually what they do. There's a percent for a building permit that's pulled, right? Mm -hmm. Now think of the skilled trades, electricians, mechanical people. They dumped over 500. Or for all of your listeners out there, Virgil, that are mechanical folks, HVAC, mm -hmm. they dumped in 500 tons of AC in that building. That was one. We have 500 of those buildings in Michigan alone right now. That's a big contract for an HVAC guy, trust me. <laughs> yeah, right. I know the bid was over $7 million, not for the cost of the units that they put in from Carrier, but that's how much the HVAC guy got paid for putting all the ductwork in and doing all the labor, well over $5 million. I hope I have your attention to some of your <laughs> listeners now that it's not just growing plants. It's a huge industry yeah. where we have a lot of cultivation down here from horticulture right? Machineries. How do we harvest these things? How do we process these things? How do we use geothermal energy to recreate Mother Nature? How do we use windmills? How do we use solar? <coughs> How do we use no nutrients that aren't hurting people? We talked about that last year with COAs. Mm -hmm. How do we use the cocoa that they're throwing away, which is the soil? How do we have you know, compost of that that we're not throwing away? That's just on the cultivation side, right? I mean, this is a multi-trillion dollar industry because of what has to be brought into it. You ask me what I'm so excited about. No matter who you are, what side you're on, even if you're voting for a side that's not Democrat or Republican right now, this industry that I left another industry at one time that you couldn't go wrong because both sides loved it, medicine, right? They give a lot of money to it. I'm back in one of those industries, so why wouldn't I be excited? South Park even did a special on it. <laughs> Everyone else besides Tegrity Farms has been down. I hate to say that. I'm not, I'm not saying that to be unhumble. I'm saying that because I'm shamed. Yeah. I really am. Um, but I do find value, as I did last year, in the neuro side of it. And we have to have the rec side to push that neuro side so that we can help patients afford it. Because right now it's it's ridiculous the cost and um, we just got to do a better job. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, I, and like there doesn't ever seem to be for TV and the news purposes. There doesn't ever seem to be a reasonable solution or answer to the medic like the the cost of pharmaceuticals and the cost of med Medicare and medical help across any genre, any any yeah. angle, any body part. It's insane and out of control. It is. And the medical industry, when someone, I heard them say that, again, I'm telling you what I heard. I heard so many people in billing that when someone called in and said, I just don't have the money, they would say, well, what, how do you put a price on your health? There's the conditioning and, and psychology of it, right? Yeah. Well, I can think of one, a 25-cent bullet if I don't have a choice. That would be my choice. I'm sorry to the listener out there. I'm not going to have the medical industry spend a million dollars on me if I know I'm not going to live. I would much rather you spend it on a five-year-old that we can put two cadaver hands on instead of raising $3.5 million at CHOPS. And he could maybe cure cancer. 
uh, cure the pandemic. Yeah. Don't waste a million dollars on me to give me a couple more months. I'm being selfish. Yeah. Right, let me get out of the way. Mother Nature doesn't lie. She just doesn't. So true. So true. And uh, to me, that's the, the most important part of the why I'm so excited that you came down here again so that we could you know, yeah. go about all this, is that you, you've been on one side. You're currently on another side. But you've been involved in it from both a Democratic and a Republican type of environment, and they're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. And and bizarrely, <laughs> dichotomy in a, in a, in a dichotomy yeah. of two separate industries that seem to be yeah. opposing each other. Right. But they play both sides of the fence on both sides of that fence. Well, sure. Why wouldn't you? If you and I could go and stack a golf team for a scramble and not tell anyone that we're good. <laughs> yeah, good I mean, touche, I, yeah. I don't know. If I could have, if you and I had a big business mm-hmm. and we paid $500,000 to be in a pro-am and we could dress Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson in their prime as you and I and no one knew who they were and they go, gotcha. It'd be pretty cool for us. <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty cool for us. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a very good point. And then afterwards, point. you know, they're taking the money and splitting it that everyone gave them. Isn't that beautiful? It's a good thing to think about. <laughs> and I say that because, you know, I've made fun the last couple of months of things. And I, I'm finding comedic humor out of things, Virgil. And, and why I say this is, is please, I'm not... I'm not out to offend anyone, but obviously when you have these conversations, you're going to offend someone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and please, I welcome that, and, and that's good. That at least we're talking about things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that being said, we, we definitely need to challenge ourselves, and we need to laugh at ourselves a little bit more. I talked about Dr. Pack Jadams last yeah. year. I'm trying to bring everything back, you know. Yeah. Um, because it's sort of weird that you can post-time the future. That's really weird to me. Like, everyone talks about time travel. But I almost feel like we did time travel a year prior to this right now. Yeah. With that being said, the listeners, please, just take it upon yourself to be responsible for you first. Don't let anyone put pressure on you. Don't let anyone ask you right now are you voting for someone just tell them it's none of your business too many men and women for many years have lost their lives in wars and continue to so that we don't have to have our basic rights taken away from us and if you're ignorant enough to put out on your front yard who you're voting for, you're not very educated because it's no one's right to discriminate against you. And someone will. Yeah, absolutely. We just had this on that conversation. Someone's going to disagree with me. You would expect that. Numbers show it. It's statistically impossible that everyone agrees with me on this, on this podcast that's going to listen to it. Yeah. I would be naive and unhumble to think that everyone should believe like I'm talking about. So if someone's going to do that with just this nothing of a podcast, mm-hmm. meaning-wise, yeah. 
I'm not trying to disregard what we talked about. I think our time is very important. But it's not as important as what's going on in an election. And it's not as important as when you look at it in the mirror as an individual, if you're cheating yourself. And you're cheating yourself if you allow anyone, anyone besides yourself, to make a decision for you. Period. Yeah. And we need to get back to that. Or otherwise, both sides will continue taking advantage of us. And they'll just throw money at it without there being any result. I like the thing that's most common to us in medicine. It seems like everyone has problems right now without any solutions. And everyone right now has a bunch of their own problems without having any solutions for themselves. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Money, but what are we doing? That should be the easiest thing to fix. With everything that we have nowadays, even if you have mental illness, if you have a drug addiction, you have whatever, in today's society, it should be the easiest of any societies to help yourself. And yet it's the most difficult because we tell everyone to shh. Every time you're a kid, Santa Claus is real. Very true. So I don't know how else to say it, bro. Well, that was that's unbelievably powerful and so true. How can my listeners learn more about Cure Michigan and all of the things that you're doing at such a cutting edge level in this particular genre? How can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I'll hand out my to your listeners my phone number, please. My personal phone number. I don't mind. I, I'm, my first and foremost is to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a lot of financial things that's probably going to come from this industry, and we want to help, like we said last year. So my first and most is any listener out there that might have some medical issues or anything out there that they just need some help on or just want to talk. You know, That's my first and foremost thing. Uh, 248-997-0030 is my number directly. That's my cell phone. Um, you can go to our website, which is on the beginning of your uh, podcast mm-hmm. and, and thank you so much and we're gracious to have that uh, the, they can go on there and find a lot of information and last year we talked about education 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 that's what we're doing more than ever we're also at the point where um, if any of your listeners might go wow this is a great financial opportunity it takes a lot of money to do R&D that's why the big companies don't do it anymore they buy companies. That's why Johnson & Johnson owns so many medical companies now and does utilization contracts at both of your hospitals right over here, St. Thomas, which is Ascension Health, and Vanderbilt. Because mm-hmm. as we talked about last year, none of those hospitals manufacture anything that they sell. And when Johnson & Johnson owns 350 medical companies, all three of which could get the vaccination that they own, they can sell it to hospitals, right? Yeah. So we're at that point, too, that if any of your investors would like to be more frugal with their money and not throw it into the NASDAQ or open market, we're looking for people that are serious, that want to foremost help people. And we have some great opportunities inside of our company for those people, too, to have great dividends. We think nothing's guaranteed, but um, we would love to talk to them on that point, too. Uh, so all three of them, 
is where we stand. But foremost is um, helping patients. Yeah. And uh, that's why I left medicine uh, where I was for, unfortunately, to be talking about what we are right now after talking about what I did last year. And there's, uh, what, almost 400 million people in this country? Of that, not many of them are frontline workers. True. Which I, I'm not taking away anything from the frontline workers, but I found it amusing in our state that they found a way to get free lunch during the pandemic from all the people. Just like when we were in pharmaceuticals and had to give them free lunch. Anyway, I'm not making fun, but <laughs> I just found it was funny. We could have given it to um, children at the time that needed free Wi-Fi to get online to do Zoom so we could educate the bright minds so then we wouldn't have to worry about that mind maybe being in the penal system or on welfare and one mind that could maybe cure a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Worried about hurting us or doing things. So they could have at least given some free lunch to those kids that weren't going to school. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> With that being said, uh, we need help. Uh, We need help educating people. And we welcome any one of your listeners that just wants to chat. We don't always have the answer. I think that's what makes us so cool as an organization is we're truthful. And if we don't know, we'll tell you we don't know. No false hope. You can't do that. I said that last year with patients' help. No false hope. This isn't a joke. People are dying. At an astronomical rate. Due to what? Human error. Every one of your listeners out there, please note, last year I said that John Hopkins came out and said, the third leading cause of death in medicine is human error. What is COVID-19? doesn't matter where it came from. It's human error. Human error. Yep. Let's talk about what we do for fun. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Well, JD, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing all of your uh, all of your information, your story, and your facts because they're spectacular, and it's where our country needs to be thinking. They need to be thinking for yourself to do the best that you can for yourself, and that then helps everybody else. And don't look somewhere else. To have somebody tell you what to do, and my favorite words from Maynard Keenan would be, think for yourself, question authority. Yeah, right, please. It ends every single thing that we're talking about right now. If every single one of our folks listening to this and then educates everyone in every community, believe in yourself first. Yep. And everything is good. I like to bring it back to sports like we did, and let's leave on that, unless you want to ask me something else. I own an American pit bull. You wouldn't think I would, and I have four daughters. I actually have, this is my second purebred American pit bull. I say that because anyone can name their dog anything, right? And we all know the violence that these dogs can do. I saw it firsthand in the operating room. The reason I bring this up is I don't want to get into that side of it and what the dog does or doesn't do. What I want to get into is what just went on 30 on 30, which was the Michael Vick story of a rise and fall in the NFL. But I really think that Michael Vick has risen instead of falling over all this, right? Because here's someone that arguably 
when he got caught with that house of dogs and what was going on, I would say that there wasn't very many kids in this country from wherever they came from that didn't want to be him. Correct. A lot of grown men probably wanted to be him, no matter where in this country they were from. Correct. But what didn't Michael Vick have at that time? Belief in himself. Here's a man that had everything. And in the 30 of 30, that's what stood out most about his interview to me. That today, Michael Vick has something that he never had growing up. Believe in himself. And it's okay to take responsibility when you're wrong. That's what But he doesn't do. get any credit for that. But that doesn't... doesn't but for somebody like me, that's what stands out, right? Yeah. So he did get credit. He does. Yeah, he yeah. Yeah, he yeah. does. Because I, I have to believe there's more than just me, right? And yeah. now, hopefully we've touched more people. My wife has never had any dog besides an American pit bull. Never had one growing up. The hatred even watching that, right? She doesn't have that anymore. Because right? as a teacher in that, she's seen a person change. We all do bad things. We've mm. all done things that we wish we could take back. Certainly. Some are bigger than others. But it doesn't matter when it comes to that. It's the same if you're challenging yourself. And look at what happened to that young man. He's better than he ever has been. No doubt. And life... He never thought life would ever do that. And look what happens when you do the right thing. He was accepted again. Yep. So true. Awesome, sir. Thank you very much for your time and your your belief in my product to to sponsor and be part of On the Verge. For and many me years. And the op- opportunity to be... Uh, obviously, we're longtime friends, but I mean, to be in, in somehow attached close to what it is that you're doing in the direction that you're going, helping people, it's been an eye opening and profound experience on my side of it. And I can't thank you enough for that. So I appreciate it, buddy. And again, Virgil, I'm going to, we might end right after this. I want to take the time to look at you as a man and a father and a husband in the eye and say the things that I marvel about you and respect about you and keep doing what you're doing. We need a lot more of you out there, Virgil. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. And stop worrying about people being kind and be unhumble for a minute and smile and know how many people's lives you've changed. And the listeners should know this more than anyone because your audience is the people that know you like I know you. Mm. And if they don't know you like I know you, they should. Because what's inside your chest is what makes you who you are. And that's why you do what you do on a daily basis. So kudos for you. And don't ever let anyone take that away from you. Especially in this day and age. Yeah. When it's so easy to be persuaded into something. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. You're very kind. Thanks, man. Love you, bro. I love you too, man. Have a great one. Thank you. And have a great night. We'll see you soon. Cure is focused on providing natural alternatives to aid with current, 
or previous medical conditions. Cure does this by providing therapeutic properties of natural cannabinoid formulations for multiple uses, whether internally or externally. Ask your physical therapist or your primary care physician if cannabinoids are right for you, or check out their website, www.curemich.com. Cure. Cannabis used for research and education. On the Verge is produced by Chase Akers. If you've enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating and write a review. Click subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode.